Good evening, my fellow ghouls, fiends, and freaks. Welcome to Freaky Flicks. This is your pal, Jesse Drachman, bringing you another fantastic and fun episode. This week, we talk about not so much a movie, but a TV series from the 80s. It was short-lived but it made a hell of an impact. Some may, some may say it was a howling success. I'm talking about a show called Werewolf. It was released in July of 1987, ran for one season, 29 episodes, starring Heartthrob of General Hospital and other things, John J. York, featured the very, very cool and sinister of sorts, Lance Legault playing Alamo Joe Rogan, the bounty hunter. And let's not forget the villain of the show, or was he? Chuck Connors playing Janos Scorzini, the werewolf that John J. York's character, Eric Cord, is just week after week or episode after episode just constantly chasing and he gets so close yet so far it's a phenomenal tv series that was truly ahead of its time in terms of special effects in terms of storytelling character portrayal it was masterful it was brilliantly executed the music was phenomenal second to none Sylvester LeVay, the composer, gave us a score that just beautifully matched the dark overtones portrayed on the screen in every episode. The transformation uh, sequences featuring um, the works of Rick Baker, um, just phenomenal. Uh, Just incredible watching these seven-foot werewolves come to life, much in the way of, that was, I guess, naively saying, uh, first seen in the likes of The Howling. It has been done to death since in various movies and TV series, but in Werewolf, we saw it in abundance. We saw the exploits of young Eric Cord, a a young guy in the prime of his life, happily with his girlfriend, but his life changes when his roommate turns into a werewolf and bites him. And in true werewolf mythological nature, he goes on, embarks on a quest to rid himself of the curse, discovering that he has to sever the bloodline by killing the head of um, that started it Janos Scorzini of course we'll find out later that this is not to be the case Scorzini would not be the last of the bloodline the originator it would be somebody else Nicholas Remy played by Brian Thompson one of the best TV and movie bad guys from that period um Look him up, man. Phenomenal. But this TV series was something else. Uh, 
it was just such an incredible blend of problem solving, good guy, suffering week to week, uh, whilst pursued by a relentless bounty hunter. Uh, it was just, it really was ahead of its time. So helping me in this discussion about the TV series, super fan and extremely talented writer Jake Reddy uh, helps me out on this episode. A guy that's um, quite well versed in the knowledge of this TV series. So we have a wonderful chat about the TV series very thoroughly. So uh, if you didn't know about this TV series beforehand, I guarantee you by the end of this TV series, there is a very good chance that you may go on YouTube and let your curiosity get the better of you. I challenge you to check it out. I dare you to challenge yourself to look upon and find yourself. One of the many episodes, starting with the pilot. The pilot episode, the longest episode, runs for just over an hour. But the consequent episodes afterwards, they hit just around the 30-minute mark. It's a great TV series. Uh, One of the, the many treasures that came from that time period in the mid to late 80s. So, without further ado, uh, thanks again for tuning in to Freaky Flicks. It's an absolute pleasure to bring this show to you guys. It's an absolute labor of love. I love doing this. Uh, I don't do it as often as I would like to or should, but uh, we'll do our best to bring you a regular episode as much as possible. So, For me, Werewolf is a TV series that uh, kind of fell by the wayside for most conventional viewers of TV. So hopefully by the end of this episode, we teach you a thing or two about one of the best TV series that never was. Well, that was, but, you know, in memory never was. So strap in, grab your popcorn, and enjoy my chat with Jake Reddy about Werewolf. The TV series. Oh. Indeed. Oh, ooh, and stuff. And stuff. Jake. <laughs> How the fuck are you? <laughs> good, bud. Good. How the hell are you? Awesome, man. This is our first time actually chatting to each other, so this is cool. It is in in real life or in audio life, such as it uh, is. Yeah. Like, out, outside of the interwebs. Outside of the interwebs. This is beautiful, man. Uh, man, freaky flicks. Welcome aboard, my man. Thank you. Thank you. I am very, very excited to be here and to be nerding out about werewolf, hell which yeah, is my, dude. my favorite thing to do. So. Yeah, Man, um, this is cool. Uh, if yeah. anyone is listening and has a bladder, they should empty it because I could probably do this all night. Sweet. <laughs> well, let's let's do this. Um, fuck them. If they if the bladders explode, so be it. Yeah, um, yeah Make sure just, you, make sure they film it and share it on the interwebs. Yeah, that's what just, it, just put some plastic the, down. Yeah, that's what all the cool down. kids do, man. So, um, so Jake, uh, dude. 
you you're a huge fan of the werewolf TV series. Um, you're also you know your your profession in this. Um, why we have you on here is because you're a bit of a writer, so you know a thing or two about this, that, and the other. But um, I read somewhere that you had a very deep passion to want to write a sequel for the TV series. So you know, put two and two together, you're a bit of a passionate fan of this great TV series that probably few people know about um, and boo-hoo to them because they should know about it. <laughs> so, um, bro, tell, tell me all about your obsession. Yeah, man. Yeah. I am. Uh-oh. Jake has just vanished off the air. Those Fucking gremlins already. There he is. Yeah, you're Uh, back. All right. Sorry, I think my phone did a thing. Um, Yeah, man, I am a very, very big geek for this. This was probably my gateway into horror because I, it was either this or The Lost Boys because I saw this when it first aired. Uh, Would have been either 1987 or 1988. The correct correct answer is. 11th of July, 1987, apparently. That's about as nerdy as I get looking up information and researching. So. Yeah, well, see, I couldn't, I couldn't quite recall because I, I know I watched it on TV over here when I was living in Newcastle. And I remember there was a pretty big, like, promo push for it, like, as a kid. Because mm. I remember seeing, like, ads for it all the time. And I was mm. like, what the fuck is this? This looks awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. This absolutely looks like my jam. And shit, man, I would have been like 10 or 11. And I just, your I, shit. I, yeah, I was, man. I was just going out of my fucking mind wanting to see this goddamn thing. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I ended up, I, I remember I stayed up late one night um, past 8.30, which was the bedtime. Uh, the you rebel. Bedtime for uh, 80 in uh, 10 or 11 year olds in 1987. Um, it was the time that Big Dog went to bed. Which was our uh, <laughs> our big notifier as a kid, like you know, okay, big yeah, dog yeah. going to bed, hit the hay. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I stayed up and I watched the pilot, and um, yeah, man, I it was love at first sight for me. I absolutely loved it. Like from that opening scene with Mike and the mechanics, silent mm-hmm. running, playing. Um, yeah, I was I was all in, and um, I remember the bitch of it was that um, they didn't air it regularly um so like the time slot kept moving so it was like you know the first i want to say like maybe half a dozen or so episodes but like you know 8 30 that that time slot sort of thing but then like you know it got bumped and then it was like you know one two in the morning three Mm -hmm. in the morning shit like that so Mm -hmm. yeah but uh no man I, i i absolutely love this show and it eluded me for years because like it just fucking disappeared like it, it did, never man. got a dvd release uh for reasons which i will you know i'm sure we'll talk about later um you know it never really got a vhs release i think the pilot got released on vhs over in the states um but yeah it was just like i just kind of thought it was a lost show and uh, my partner actually got me a bootleg of it off like fucking oh, wow. eye offer or something yeah like yeah that, like Sick. years ago and it was shit quality, but I just watched the hell out of it. Like yeah. it was, you know, probably like less than VHS quality. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no man, I I am uh, I am a, a very hardcore died in the wall geek for this. I actually had to, I also have the uh, first issue of the comic spinoff that they did. They um, did a comic spinoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blackthorn Publishing did five issues of it, um, which I oh, did not know about until um, oh man, probably like ten or so years ago. Yeah, and uh, managed to track down the first issue of it, but none of the others. Not for the kind of money that I'm happy to pay uh, yeah, yeah. or am comfortable paying rather. Um, so, yeah. Holy jeez, man. And what a TV series it was. Um, I mean, it, you know, the power of technology today, kids don't realize how lucky they are now because you can just go on YouTube and nine times out of 10, find a whole TV series on YouTube, which. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've just been like obsessively trying to track down every episode um, and put it all together so I can just binge the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like, what a cool TV series. Uh, you know, as I said, it, it came out 1987. You mentioned that as well. And it only ran for one season, which is really friggin' weird and yeah. disgusting. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, because um, I, I, was, I was doing some looking into it uh, a while mm. back, and apparently mm. it's because of the budget, like the actual cost that it, was to like actually produce the show. Yeah. It's, it's really good quality, man. Dude, like it's, it's amazing. Not, it's not cheesy and cheap. Like no. the effects in it are spectacular. I mean, you know, you've got Rick Baker mm. and from, you know, American Wealth in London. Yeah. And so many other great things. And Greg Canham, who did like the Lost Boys, uh, doing the werewolf effects for it, which is just fucking phenomenal for a TV series. Like, yeah, especially at that like, time, man. That that sort of talent on like, because this was, uh, I believe this was when Fox first launched uh, right. in the states. This was like one of their sort of maiden shows, so they threw a bit of bucks into it. Like yeah. they weren't, you know, skimping out on it. And their promos were sick, dude. Like, I mean, I'm, oh, I've just, yeah. I've just been obsessively watching promos from TV shows and and that from from those those times. And like, compared to promos, they just shit on it, man. Like in the yeah. biggest way. Like they're taking a massive, massive quad quagmire dump right on yeah. the smack head of modern promo <laughs> today, man. It is, yeah, the bog monster from hell unleashed, man. It is yeah, so yeah. good. And werewolf. The promo for that is so freaking good, man. Like, oh yeah, that that one is that the is that the one with um, Alamo Joe where he's like sitting in the chair and it's that really wide shot that just like you know, oh, it's like just slowly zooms into him. Yeah, doing that first line where he's like, you know, I didn't believe in monsters until I met her at Cord. You know that whole yeah. thing. Yeah, it's just, it's so cool. Like I remember oh. seeing that as a kid, and it's just like, what the fuck is this? Like. This is amazing. And I remember, like, man, at the time, like, you know, in the 80s, there was not a lot of horror TV. Like, no. this was one of the first. Like, and it wasn't, I mean, and this was, like, proper horror. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah you look at it now and it's, like, it's fairly tame. Like, you know, mm. if, if um, you know, I was ever in charge of a child, which, you know, let's hope that never happens, um, I would let a kid watch this, like, you know, because I watched it as a kid, so. Dude, but, it's, um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's fairly tame by today's set, but it is proper horror. It's not yeah. like, you know, it's not your Teen Wolf or your True Blood. No. I, you know, I like those shows, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but yeah. But it's not like the, the you know, melodramatic, you know, soap opera type romance. Like, this is mm. like a proper, you know, classic, 
I mean, it's very much like it very much copies the formula of the Incredible Hulk. With like, man, I was a bet, town great town. minds, great minds. Yeah, like it totally, totally copies that formula, yeah, but it, it works. Like, um, and I think one of the other things that I really loved about it because I was, and still am, mm. a huge Werewolf by Night fan, and like it's literally like with this show, you could change Eric Cord's name to Jack Russell, and it's a you fucking could. Werewolf by Night yeah. TV series, and yeah, I'm man. all about that. Yeah, and which is what they should have done, really. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I think what they did ultimately was fantastic. Um, You know, the fact that you've got, like you say, such a parallel to the the Incredible Hulk TV series. You know, um, Eric Cord, you know, the the lone wolf fucking on a quest to, you know, rid this curse from him. uh, And whilst being chased by a frigging bounty hunter, while solving fucking people's problems along the way yeah yeah Um, yeah and you know talking budgets and stuff like um i loved a lot of the effects the werewolf effects were just phenomenal like can you imagine wearing those suits oh man yeah 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 and i mean those those suits are incredible and i mean you know the the great thing is you don't even like you know, a lot of the, the, the transformation effects, a, a lot of recycled shots. Like, they obviously yeah, went, yeah. okay, we've, we've got enough money to shoot this really fucking well once. Yeah, yeah. Let's get as much out of it as we can mm-hmm. because we're going to be recycling this for the whole series. Yeah. But you don't notice. Like, you don't sit there and go, like, oh, it's the same shot. Like, you're just mm. like, oh, my God, that's still fucking cool. Like, yeah. it's still cool to watch. And the design is brilliant because oh. it's like they could have just easily gone for like your prototypical you know lon cheney jr wolfman sort of thing like and you would have gone okay it's tv they can't afford it but it's like no you went for my favorite werewolf design which is the seven foot furry fucking buzzsaw yeah yeah and there's sequences like there's sequences in there where the werewolf is running on all Mm. fours and you're looking at that suit and you're going how the fuck did they do that yeah like how did they do that because that would not have been easy to pull off in 1987 no way, man. And it was, um, it, it, you know, it was a real um, testament to the to the skills of the people behind the scenes, man. Like, it just incredible how they executed yeah. that, you know. Um, w- quick question on, on that as well, Jack. W- would you be in agreement to say when you mentioned about, you know, the, the love of the seven-foot werewolf, um, it, to me it reminds me of one of my favourite werewolf films of all time, The Howling. Would you- oh, Absolutely. Yeah, you'd agree on that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like it's very much, um, it's very reminiscent of the designs in the Howling, which I absolutely love. Like, yeah, some of the best transformation like, sequences. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the Howling's like, I mean, all all the love in the world for American Wolf in London. Like, mm. it's a great mm. flick. I do love it, but the Howling's like the Howling's my. Boy. Oh man, I I, I just, adore that flick. Eddie's Eddie's slow transformation scene. Yeah, just. Fuck me, man. That just blew mm. my mind. Still blows my mind to this day. Yeah. But, you know, seeing the way, you know, the innovation of that film, you can see that rub off onto the TV series. Um, Absolutely. The, you know, and oh, just... And I think there's some, oh. there's some other stuff. Like, yeah. one of the things that I also really love about this is, like, there are so many nods to other werewolf things in there. Um, yeah. Like, you know, Scorzini's transformation, where he, like, pulls his face off and the yeah. werewolf's underneath is very company of wolves. Um, which is, you know, I think another cool nod. And I mean, I was just watching an episode before and um, 
the uh, Everett McGill from Silver Bullet shows up in it as a a guest star, who was really? the werewolf from Silver Bullet. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Friggin- he shows up oh. as um. There's an episode where Eric uh, gets a job on a railway line, and he's yeah, uh, right. uh, Everett McGill's in there as a um like a boxer who's hiding out from the mob and you know, oh, in, true, wow. in true werewolf fashion, like Eric gets involved, makes sure yep. with his family and, you know, the mafia come calling, find this dude. And uh, Eric turns into a werewolf and fucks them up, which is you know pretty much part of the course of the show, which is yeah, awesome. Much. Like, you know, so no cool. complaints here. No. Um, but yeah, it's Everett McGill. I was just like watching. I was like, fuck me. That's the priest from silver bullet. How cool is that? He, he was phenomenal in that movie, but um, oh man, that's got me excited to watch that episode now. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Scorzini as well. Like, what a uh, what a phenomenal bad guy character. Yeah, you, yeah. You kind of, you kind of um, feel a bit of love for the guy too because, you, you know, he's not all doom, gloom and evil like your stereotypical bad guy. He's he's kind of got a... a he kind of likes being a werewolf. Like, he likes yeah. being a bastard, which is kind of He's great. comfortable. Like, yeah. And I, I, I kind of like, like that. that. Like, his character, like, um, and I think it's really interesting. It's, it's something that, like, I would have loved if they'd gone on to, like, further seasons for them to explore. Yeah, and, you know, if Chuck Connors hadn't sort of gone, like, hey, I want more money, and they went, yeah, no, we're just going to write you out and bring in Brian Thompson. Mm. Um but, like, I, I like the fact that, like, you know, Scorzini's kind of operating, because he's been around so long, he's operating yeah. at, like, a higher level of morale. Well, a higher or lower, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. It's like he's not really operating on human morality. It's just like, hey, I'm a monster. Like, I've been mm. around for a 100 or so probably more years. Like, you yeah, know, this is all a bit beneath me, which I thought was really cool and interesting. And, again, you know, man, like, for 1987, like, for a, a network TV show that's just like on on a Saturday night for people to watch, that's kind of yeah. some fairly, you know, stuff that's operating at a, a higher, le- a sort of deeper level rather than your typical like eighties TV fair, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Werewolf the TV series is one of a few. Um, I'm not very accurate with years and stuff like that, but. Like, there was a few shows like that bumping around at the time, like the Twilight mm. Zone saw a resurgence. Yeah. Um, probably just a phenomenal comeback for the Twilight Zone. Uh, Freddy Krueger had his yeah, own yeah, yeah. Freddy's, we had Nightmares. Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah, yeah. so there was a couple of things bouncing around that, uh, you know, even Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Kindred got its show. Oh, when was Kindred? That was... Um, that uh, might have been just 96, after. I yeah. Think, or 94. Yeah, but still, you know, that, yeah. that in that time period, uh, say mid-80s to mid-90s, you saw this this trend of quality horror TV just coming through for late-night TV. Absolutely. Um, but Werewolf, yeah. man, definitely at the forefront, I reckon, anyway. Yeah. And a cool, a cool thing, actually, speaking of horror TV, going back to Scorzini, the cool... Yeah. Uh, the cool little thing about that is like his character was actually named after the vampire character from the original uh, Night Stalker from the seventies, like Kolchak the Night Stalker. Holy shit! Yeah, man. Yeah, he I found that too. out the other day. I was like, holy shit! I didn't even realize that. But yeah, oh man, it's just Don't... like that is such okay. a fucking rad nod. Okay, so I'm I'm not going to veer off topic because this is dangerous to do this, <laughs> but. Man, you mentioned Night Stalker, and you mentioned how you can talk all night long about werewolf. I'm that with Night Stalker. I'm just like, 
Fucking... Oh, Night Stalker was rad, man. Oh. Like, it was rad. I even liked the uh, the redo they did a few years back with Stuart Townsend. I thought was that, that was a, I didn't watch that. It, it, so it's pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad, man. Like, I mean, it was different because it's like you know, Coltrack's not like a, a crumpled up newspaper man. Like, yeah. you know, it's Stuart Townsend. It's like, oh wow, he's really pretty, and he drives yeah. a really nice car. But it was still <laughs> pretty good, man. Like, it was like you know, it, it wasn't okay. uh, It wasn't dog shit. Okay, okay, okay. I'll take your word on that. All right, cool. So, all right, now back to Werewolf. Um, so Scorzini, fuck yeah, I love, I love the. Um, I remember this one scene where he lifts his eye patch off. I think it was in the first episode in the pilot. Takes the eye patch, lifts it up, and the eye is not. It, it's there, but it's like silver or something like that. Yeah, it's like he's he, he's got. It's weird. Like um, they they kind of really. The control of his power is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, they go into that. They like, you know, because mm. the, the, the the sort of the law for this show is very um undefined, I guess, yeah. for a while there. Because, mm. um, you know, they do the whole thing where like uh, it doesn't have to be a full moon for them to change and stuff like that, which I thought was rad. I'm like, yeah, I thought that that's was cool. Like, that's a really great twist on it. But then, you know, you sort of have a few lines sort of throw over lines from Scorzini and stuff like that, which are like, you know, oh, I, when you've been around as long as I have, like, you know, you can change whenever you want. It's like, mm. okay, what does that, you know, let's go into that. What does that mean? Like, and, you know, he lifts up the eye patch and it's like, you know, he's almost got like the werewolf eye underneath it. It's like yeah, exactly. sort of almost half changed. And mm. his transformation is very different from Eric's, you know, it's sort of yeah. like... Um, you know, and they kind of touch on stuff where you're sort of thinking like, well, you know, is the the nature of the person what sort of affects the werewolf? Because like, really, you know, and I mean, of course, it's a, a general sort of 80s TV conceit where it's like your yeah. hero can't go around murdering innocent people. Like, you know, but like Eric's always, you know, every time he transforms, he usually aims it kind of at the right people. Like, you yeah, know, it's not like biting off you know mum's head in the parking lot kind of thing like you know he's kind of like yeah i'll take out these scumbag drug dealers or bikers or whatever like you know um but you know and then obviously like you know he's he's attacking anyone and everyone yeah yeah because um that's what i was gonna say with with eric it was interesting because like you say you touch on the the tortured soul aspect um which he very much is like like absolutely yeah um And he doesn't have control of the transformation, um, which I'll refer to in just a second. But the the the, the whole, uh, you know, he turns into the werewolf and is conveniently able to take out the bad guys and everything's kosher. Yeah. Um, I guess that's maybe the moral compass of the TV producers back then. In reality, it would have been a case of, okay, we've taken care of the bad guys. Oh, look, there's a, there's a family down the street. All right, cool. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't absolutely. know. Absolutely. I just feel like it. It was they pulled they pulled it back a little bit on him, but um, with the transformation, I've, I I got to say one of the cool things I loved about it was the fact that he had the scar of a pentagram in the par- palm of his hand. Yeah, that was a really cool touch. I thought like, wasn't adjust. I feel like I honestly feel like and it, it, it's like no one sort of ever really talks about this series. It's kind of it feels really forgotten. Yeah, um, it does. Which you know, bugs the shit out of me as a, as mm-hmm. a as massive geek for it. Yeah. But, um, which is why I was so excited to talk to you about it. I was like, oh, yeah, my God, dude. fuck, someone else knows about the show. Great. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, yeah. 
but I feel like so many um, like werewolf series since have kind of, and I mean, you know, they've, they obviously lifted that from the original Wolfman, like, you know, the Mark of the Beast and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But like, I feel like a lot of shows, uh, a lot of movies and stuff like that do pull certain elements from this show that, mm, you know, I certainly remember being the first time I ever saw it. Um, like, you know, the, saw these certain elements and tropes and stuff like that mm. was like, you know, Hey, did you like rip that from werewolf? Like, cause that seems awfully familiar. Like, um, you know, cursed in particular is another one. And I, I do love cursed the director's cut, um, mm-hmm. the theatrical cuts fucking terrible. Bold. Um, but yeah, like, you know, there's certain elements in cursed where you're just sort of thinking like, hang on, did you kind of rip that from werewolf a little bit? Maybe like, you know? But yeah, I guess you'll never know. Um, you know, it's probably a lot of people drinking from the same well, I guess. But you know, mm. hey. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think what I liked about the the Mark of the Beast, as, as you mentioned, like to me that that's sort of a, a a bit of a um, I guess enhanced reference to the original Lon Chaney werewolf, uh, Wolfman movie as well, yeah. like where the gypsy yeah. tells him you you know you've been marked with the you know, the mark of the beast. Um, yeah. You know, I, to me, that's my assumption anyway. And which yeah. I, I think super cool that they make those kind of tributes to the classics. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's nice to see, you know, shows that have followed since Werewolf that it's, you know, um, they take little bits and pieces from this TV series. Yeah, um, absolutely, man. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's just a real shame that it only went for one season, 29 episodes. Yeah. But fuck And me, what's man. really cool, what, what I find really cool as well is that, like, and I never realised this, like, I always thought that this show went for an hour as a kid. Like, yeah. I, 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 I have grown up, like, thinking, like, yeah, Werewolf went for an hour, you know, it was like like 21 Jump Street and everything else. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they're, they're like 25-minute episodes. Yeah, they're pretty short. Like the the pilots, I think, you know, an hour, hour and a half. But the actual episodes, it's like, and man, like, you know, rewatching it, like, because I, uh, there was a a DVD box set finally released last year in France. Oh, hallelujah. uh, That, uh, yeah, Elephant Films actually uh, finally released it Mm. uh, with all the original music, which is great. Um, Yeah. And uh, like I've been rewatching it over the last couple of days because it's just I, man, I just you know I can I can pull this box set out and just watch it anytime. Like yes, yeah. you know I, I'm always in the mood for it. Um, and yeah, they pack a lot of story. Like it feels like a longer TV series, like a longer episode length. They pack a lot into that 25 minutes, man. Like it's amazing. Yeah. It's like the storytelling is just like, and it never feels rushed. Like it never feels like, Oh yeah, there's churning them out. No. And I think that's what I like about it. I like the fact that they were able to compress so much into this show. Like, you know, the, the Eric being the tortured soul on yeah. the quest with, you know, Scorzini. And what I found interesting with that too, is that, that we discover later on that Scorzini actually isn't the original werewolf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, right. Brian Thompson pops up. Yeah, so with his, with his amazing jaw muscles, like oh my god, that dude looks like he could bite a steel beam in half. He's um, kind of like 
the modern day Jaws from uh, Moonraker, man. Like, <laughs> Dude, he so is, and he's like, he's another guy. And I mean, you know, that's another one. Like, so many, so many great actors show up in this. Oh, like, you know, don't they just? And like Tony Todd's in an episode, you know? Is like, he really? Yeah, oh man. God. Yeah, yeah. Tony Todd shows up in an episode. It's just like, fuck Damn. yeah, Candyman, awesome. I'm, I'm yeah. so new to this. Um. But yeah, I mean, you know, Brian Thompson, man, like he he was in Kindred the Embraced, like he was in Buffy, like, you know, he was the bad guy in Cobra, which I think is what uh, everyone knows him from. One of one of the best bad guys. Yeah, yeah. He's so good. Like he is just great. Like if if that guy ever shows up in a in a film or TV series playing a hero, I will be very, very confused. Uh, I would um, be I'd be very confused myself, man. Like Yeah. I'd just be like, I don't know, I don't trust this. I don't trust he, he'd this be kind of cool. He'd be kind of cool as the um, if he was cast as a superhero or something, and you know, like something similar to the boys. Like he just plays the, <laughs> good, the good guy on the surface, but he's actually a fucking psychopath. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, beneath. Yeah, that, yeah no, you cool. would never trust him as like a hero. You'd just be like, nah, this guy's gonna like flip out. And yeah, kill me at some point. I'm sure of it. And it's not just the doors; it's the eyes. When he puts the eyes on. That's just, oh yeah, woo, man, that's some crazy shit. Yeah, but um, yeah, look, I mean that that series, um, it's just incredible. Like the the the, you know, we've talked about the the makeup effects. Um, you know, obviously with the budget, they you know they shot a few scenes, whatever, in the first few episodes, and it's just recycled footage, perhaps. But um, dude, the soundtrack. Oh, the sound, this and the score, man. That the score, score is great. Wow, that like, score that is, is just such, phenomenal, dude. That score is such. It's like, it. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know how to describe it. It's like every melancholy, sorrowful guitar riff from the eighties yeah. mixed with a little bit of synth, just pushed into one like compressed into one perfect like sound it's yeah it's and they use um again reminds me of the incredible hulk like yeah you know that recurring theme that bruce banner had every time he left town yeah yeah it's it's very much like that oh look eric's hopping onto a freight train and yeah you know Uh, yeah complete with the duffel bag over his shoulder and everything Mm. man it was just like dude yeah Yeah, totes but um uh the 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 I have some weird idea that there was a Genesis song like in the air tonight or Phil Collins, whatever. Yeah, was it, was, it was it was Silent Running by Mike and the Mechanics. It um, was. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because like talking about the, the the soundtrack for a minute, you've got and this is the reason why it's never been released on DVD properly, because Shout Factory were going to do this back right. in I believe it was two thousand and ten. Okay. Um but the problem was um, and, you know, getting into DVD releases a little bit is that, like, a lot of these shows from the 80s and stuff, like, the music rights weren't, they were done for a particular format, and that's why you'll get a lot of stuff like, um, you know, Beverly Hills 90210 or whatever, like, will come out with the soundtrack gotcha. completely replaced um, by, like, a session band or something, and they never, the studios never want to put any money into it, so they always go and get, like, the cheapest you know, like elevator music stuff that they can oh. just drop in over the top of like. So, you know, you're, you're like remembering like, oh yeah, that's right. It wasn't like Guns N' Roses playing in this scene. And it's like, no, you've got some like crappy tryhard. Like the worst one was um, 
and I know I'm going off topic here, but the no, worst no, one right. was uh, the American release for Booker, the 21 Jump Street ripoff with Richard Grieco, which I loved as a kid because it had Billy Idol's Hot in the City as the theme song. And it's like, yeah. oh my God, like fucking Billy Idol as a theme song. Like, can yeah. you like market this any more directly at me? Um, and then when I got the American DVD release, it was like replaced by this really bad version of like, it's not hot in the city, but it's a band doing like their kind of try hard session version of hot in the city like if you will it's like the the crazy clark's knockoff of hot in the city it's like let's just change the lyrics enough that we don't get sued and it's so terrible um thankfully that's not always the case with some stuff because the australian release of booker has the proper soundtrack on it same with 21 jump street oh, cool. um, okay. so that's that's a relief but um i think it's some sort of rights issue with like different territories and stuff like that but yeah, so what happened with Werewolf was because um, you've only got really like three or four songs through the entire series. You've got Silent Running by Mike and the Mechanics. You've got um, Future So Bright, I Gotta Wear Shades by Tim Buck 3 and a Bob Seger song. Um, I think it's Against the Wind in one of the later episodes. Mm. Um, and apparently um, all the masters were lost because, you know, you deliver like your TV series and you deliver your dialogue tracks and your audio tracks and your score and your soundtrack and that, and it's all on different tracks and stuff like that. Apparently the only version of werewolf that exists is a master where everything's just flattened down into like one version. Oh my God. Um, so, um, and apparently what happened was uh, when shout factory went to do it, they found this out and tried to get all the rights and everything for, the song so that they could actually put out the whole series on DVD. And they had like special features planned with like interviews with John J York and stuff like that. <sighs> I think they, they even got like Frank Lupo who was still alive at the time. I think he tragically, um, I think we lost him at the start of this year. I believe he died oh, in February. That's um, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that guy worked on so much great stuff like, you know, Battlestar Galactica, the A-Team, like Hunter, oh. like, yeah. All he, he, did stuff, a, he did a lot of he did a lot of big stuff in the eighties. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So getting back to the soundtrack, like um, Shout Factory went to do this, and apparently, like, yeah, Mike and the Mechanics and like a couple of these bands were asking like way too much money for stuff. Oh. Um, so they were sort of like, oh, we can't even replace the music, and I'm kind of like, good, like, yeah. don't replace the music because that yeah. would suck. Yeah, exactly. That that sucks, man, because. Like, oh, just I, I just feel like people are missing out not being able to see this TV series. Yeah, well, I mean, the good thing is that the French DVD release, um, it's not... Look, the quality on it is probably as good as you would remember it watching it mm. on TV in 1987 or on a VHS tape. Like, it's not, right. it's not cleaned up super great... DVD quality like some episodes are because mm. they've obviously compiled everything from different sources so like yeah you've got some episodes where it's like you know the titles like of the episode are actually in French and you're just like oh, going, wow. oh okay it's Le Lodge Le Lodge um, you know something <laughs> like that you're like okay yeah. I'm not sure what that means but cool because uh, tragically I don't speak French which um is a pain in the ass because there's a really good documentary 
uh, on the bonus disc about the show that I sort of started watching. I'm like, oh, this is all in French and there's no English subtitles. Damn oh, it. Crap. Uh. <laughs> but um, the cool thing is, like, it is better quality than some of the bootlegs uh, and it's got all the original music on it, which is fucking awesome. Like, that's, like, so great because it's like, I just, man, I could not watch this show without silent running being in uh, the pilot dude, like because nah. it's so like in my mind it's so iconic like it's just like as a kid like man it's like you know that first opening for the pilot where it's like mm. you know they're in the club that song's mm. playing it's mm. really haunting and kind of ethereal it's like werewolf vision you know yeah that was it's so just good. all pov Mm-hmm. You know, he looks down at his hand, the marks on his hand, it's bleeding, he shatters the glass. The next thing you know, you're out in the parking lot with that couple and the werewolves attacking them. And you're just like, going, whoa, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Like and, that, yeah, th- that sequence, cool. touching on that, that sequence alone is like, to me, that that's cutting edge, man. For To this day, like in terms of a werewolf attack sequence, like from, Absolutely, dude. from transformation, like just the whole mystery and the reveal of it. It's, yeah. Uh, like it, it's the masterful uh, way things were done back then. Like, yeah. you know, and you think about movies like Predator and, you know, yeah. all those great films that didn't um, give everything away in the first five minutes. It was yeah. a slow burn. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, straight after that attack, the first thing they do is they cut to Eric in the swimming pool with his girlfriend. Yeah. And happy you're days. thinking like, is this the dude? Like, is, yeah. was this the guy that we were sort of like, you know, seeing through his eyes of in the opening scene? Like, mm. is he the werewolf? I mean, obviously he becomes the werewolf later on of, of the of title, course. but yeah. You know, like, you're sort of thinking, like, wow, like, the first time you're watching it, like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, is Mm. this dude, like, did he just, like, kill some couple that were making out in a car in a parking lot? Like, what's going on? Um, You know, and then, of course, later on you find out it's his roommate. But, yeah, as, like, as you said, man, like, it was really masterful. And it's just such a great bit of suspense and tension building and... You know, you you don't. Um, I don't know. You just it feels like that's a bit of a lost art. You don't really see yeah. a lot of that kind of effort put into, like, you know, not spoon feeding the audience everything. It's like, no, no, we're going to make you work for the information here. Like, you got to yeah. stay. You got to stay watching. You got to pay attention. Like, you know. And it's those little details that make that TV show just so superior to this day, in in yeah. my opinion, and yours too. But oh, like, absolutely. um. Sylvester LeVay was the composer. Yeah. And looking that up. And I mean, without his composition work, that really just enhanced the whole experience. Like the, the way, you know, the, the, the music cued when the glass breaks in his hand with the the friggin' the shaking of the hand to the bleeding of the pentagram. Yeah. That's just like, yeah. Yeah. The score for this show, man, is just so, so iconic. It's yeah. so, so well done. Like, it really, it, it is one of those scores that really, like, adds to it. Like, I mean, and a lot of stuff, and I mean, again, you know, this was, uh, I feel this was a bit of an anomaly in the 80s because it didn't have an opening sequence. Like, it no. did not have opening credits. Like, its opening credits were just, like, you know, red lettering on black, um occasionally you'd get that shot where like you know it was the full moon and then like the werewolf turns around and like his eye sort of glows a bit and you know title comes up 
occasionally you get that, but not all the time, which, you know, for the 80s, it's like 80s TV is pretty much synonymous with like opening theme song, opening credits, like, you know, um, and this didn't have that, but the score is so, and I feel like, you know, with a lot of 80s, like I can't remember, I can remember the theme song from 21 Jump Street. I can't remember any of the incidental scores. Mm. Whereas with Werewolf, I feel like you really can. Like, you you, you know, the score is just so, like I said, man, it's, just, it's very much like The Incredible Hulk. It's like that theme is just so prevalent through the whole series. Absolutely, man. It was just, I, I don't know, to me, it was ahead of its time, man. It really mm. was. Um, and let, let's, um, we got we've given a bit of love to sort of Scorzini and the score and and Eric and uh, poor old Eric he he really got hard done by but John man, J York was so good in this though man he like, was he great was, he was a grown like I'd never seen him in anything and I no. I think they, I think he did a lot of soap opera stuff after this or before it I'm not sure but like I mean, yeah, he, yeah he was a really good lead yeah he he was a kind of your stereotypical eighties. Kind of semi hunk yeah, looking he guy. Was, he was your your eighties hunk, like you know. Yeah. He, had, he had really great hair and you yeah, know, that kind of clean cut yeah. boy next door look. But you know, I feel like he did a lot more with the role than because I I feel like you know in in the hands of someone lesser, like the, he could have just been like really bland and just like you know you kind of hunky 80s dude like yeah oh i'm so tortured but i'm so pretty too yeah exactly um you know whereas like i really feel like john j york kind of like really you know brought a lot to it like he did man he brought a, like he brought a lot of real uh emotion like a lot of that mm. um he really wore his heart on his sleeve so like yeah a lot of the, the you know the the desperation of trying to get rid of the curse and track yeah. down scorzini like all those kind of bits were just I don't know. I I took note of those from an actor's perspective. Thinking yeah, th- th- this guy is believable. He's really selling what's going on. Here. Yeah, I absolutely agree, man. I really think you hit the nail on the head. Is that like you really do buy him as a good guy, like yeah. as a genuinely decent dude who's like saddled with this horrible curse that mm. he kind of doesn't want, but you know he's trying to like. I mean, you know, there's even stuff where it's like there's episodes where he's like, you know, he's getting attacked by people and he knows he's starting to change. And he's like, you guys should really like fuck off now. Like, I really don't want you to be here when this bad thing happens. Yeah. You know, so it's like you really do buy him as like a decent dude. Yeah. Which I think is great. Yeah, I I 100% agree, man. And like the relationship with his girlfriend as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool, um, you know, and she stuck by his side and, you know, um, it's a shame we didn't get to see any um, female werewolves. Oh, you do, you but do? it's really brief. Like, there's one episode, um, I believe it's the episode that Tony Todd's in. I think it's called The Unicorn. Okay. Where uh, Eric's, I think he's in LA or something, and he runs into this other werewolf who you're not really sure about until like the absolute end of the episode that he's been attacked. Like he, there's this woman that's managing a hotel. Yeah. Um, and you know, she's, you know, you kind of like, well, you're sort of, you like, you meet the character and you're like, Oh, she's a bit sketchy. Like Mm. there's something going on there. Mm. And then at the end of the episode, you find out that she is also a werewolf, but you never, ever really get to see her change. Um, Yeah. 
like you know she sort of has a like little bit at the end where it's like you know i think her teeth kind of pop out in the nails and that but then she kind of gets killed off so it's a shame man because i mean you know to this day i think my all-time favorite female werewolf was the, the 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 chick from um howling she was oh yeah man dude she yeah was yeah Marsha, man yeah Marsha, that's um, her name okay dude yeah. Phenomenal. Stone Cold Fox as well, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that too, man. Right, like she, the, the complete package. Yeah. But um, it's it's a shame we didn't see a character like that more sort of fully developed throughout the series. And uh, again, you know, that's that's one of the sad things about the TV series with that we never got to see it go to uh, its full potential. But um, we have to make a special mention to the Lance Legault that played Alamo Joe Rogan. He, yeah, he was great, man. And I feel like that's Whoa. another character that could have just been really dull. Yeah. Like, you could have, because, like, I, I feel like, you know, with, with lesser writing, like, Alamo Joe could have just been, like, the character that you just hated. Because it's mm. like, he's pursuing the hero. Like, mm. you know, he's, he's hassling our guy every week. Like, yeah. you know, piss off, leave him alone. Like, but, you know, there's some really great stuff with him like it really um, is and and, and lance legault was fantastic like he really just like gave that character a lot more depth really did, than didn't he? you would have expected of a character like that in a show like this because like you know he's essentially like well he's like the reporter in the incredible hulk like, exactly you know, but like you know he's a bounty hunter and like, yeah. hunting werewolves and stuff like that so obviously yeah. that's way cooler yeah um but you know, there's that great episode where uh, Eric um, rolls into town and he gets taken um, and uh, arrested by that fake cop. That uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he was the scumbag character in Payback with Mel Gibson. Oh wow! Um, okay, yeah, the blonde guy. Like he's a real like probably a, an absolutely wonderful guy, but he always plays a douchebag. And he's this cop that's like a fake cop that's like killing people. He's a serial killer, mm. and um, you know he obviously like catches eric tries to kill him doesn't take because hello werewolf yeah exactly and uh later in the episode you know alamo joe actually catches up with eric and you know he's like hey finally got you i'm taking you back to la to stand trial and eric tells him about this stuff and alamo joe actually is like you know what i'm gonna go take care of this douchebag like and it's like you know you never really saw a lot of stuff like that in the 80s i felt like it's like no that's a fairly complex relationship between like you know you're your protagonist and your antagonist or one of your antagonists like yeah it's an interesting relationship between those characters that develops hmm. over that the course of the series um yeah. you know and and i i feel like with lance he you know because i i you know when he was in the a team i felt like he was sort of shortchanged on the depth of his character in that show yeah whereas in this show i feel like like you say he really got to just sink his teeth into it and just yeah. really embrace yeah. this character yeah it felt like a real chance for him to like just really go you know what here's what i can do like yeah. and just really show his chops as an actor and like just develop because i mean it's like you know man as a, as a kid like you watch you watch these sort of shows and you're like you know i don't you're like you're watching it as a kid and you're like no i don't give a fuck about the episode about the supporting character because you know, 80s TV, man, there was always an episode that was just focused on the supporting character. It was yeah. almost like a filler episode. Yeah. And, you know, they do actually have 
one or two of those through this series with Alamo Joe, and they're not boring. Like you're just you you're you're completely invested for the whole thing. Yeah, he, his character was so cool, and I think his entrance into the show. Um, and the promo of his character was like hands down one of the best. I mean, the way he oh, just, dude, yeah. that dialogue, um, which I have to go backtrace and look at again. But you know, with him with the the bullets and that was just yeah, dude, that was, yeah, that was masterful. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And like even uh, and I think one of the other great things that I really loved about his character <clears throat> was that um, he he brought into it. Like he just like, you know, from the second he saw Eric change, he didn't do that tropey thing of like, no, I don't believe it. Werewolves, blah, 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 blah. Mm. He was just like, nah, this fucker's a monster. I'm getting silver bullets just in case. Yeah. And it was just like, it was real. I found that really refreshing. Like it wasn't, you know, because they could have so easily done that trope of like, oh, I don't believe he's a monster. It's just something unexplained that I haven't seen him do. Like crap. Um, but no, man, like it, that was the great thing about Alamo Joe was just like, he brought into it straight away. Um, you know, and I know his, his character was meant to be like part native American, which was totally cool. Um, you know, and yeah, he was just like, no, nah, bang, I'm, 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 I'm on this. Like, yeah, I'm getting some silver bullets and uh, I'm going to track this fucker down. And, and just the, the portrayal of that character was just so, you know, that, you know, because he's got that natural stone cold look about his face. Yeah. Just the way he executed that and blended it with his dialogue. Just the way he just came across in every episode was just friggin' amazing. Like he yeah. was almost, he was almost as terrifying as the werewolves themselves. Yeah. In certain yeah. aspects. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And one of my favorite episodes is, um, there's an episode where Eric's hiding out in the foothills and he comes across these ranches that are like trying to like trap this uh, wolf, like a free to nature wolf, not the supernatural yeah. seven menacing kind. And, you know, Eric frees it and becomes friends with it. And I'm just like, oh man, this is just like ew, my heart. Yeah. Um, but there's a great scene in it where like Alamo Joe rocks up to the ranches and um, basically says to them like, Hey, you know, does his things like I'm looking for this guy? Like, you know, have you seen him? And they're just like, you know, they've run into Eric before and been a dick to him. And it's like, no, we haven't seen him. And, you know, being their douchey rancher selves. And Joe's just like, yeah, all right. He's kind of like just got this dead stare at them, just like, yeah, all right, fuck you guys then. He's like, okay. I'm leaving, but, you know, you might need these and just drops a handful of silver bullets on the table and just like, you know, that just stone cold, like you said, just stone cold delivery and just like, you might need these. Let me know if you need any help and just kind of walks off and that's it. And it's just like, yeah, that dude's just not putting up with anyone's bullshit. Like, he was just such a great character. And I mean, you know, you you, you see bounty hunters uh, over the course of time in movies and tv and you know they've all got uh, you know an initial badass streak to them but he yeah. was consistent through the yeah. whole series yeah and i think what i i also really liked was that like you know he wasn't the prototypical like he didn't look like the prototypical badass like mm. he was just like he wasn't a big guy like he but he could just like level you with a stare like yeah it was um yeah it was definitely like that and yeah and with those aviator glasses 
just, he just, I don't know, man. Like the, the yeah, rocking, rocking the eighties mo, like oh, that kind of like cop dude, mo. How like, cool yeah. was that, right? And I, I, I don't know. Just kudos to the casting people, man. Just yeah, so they cast him well. It was great. Yeah, th- I think they. I think yeah, man. Like I really think they they cast the entire series very very well. Like yeah. Um, because it's like you know you've you've really got three characters that this entire series kind of you know rests on um and and not one of them is weak like there's not one character or one actor there that's that's kind of like eh, yeah he's not really working or, mm. or whatever like you know each of them are really really strong in their own sense and I, I really, 100% agree really carry the series like well over the line yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, yeah, there's, there's, it's a shame that, um, the documentary isn't sort of, um, you know, friendly. Oh, right. I know. So <laughs> tortured. I would, I would love to see that. Um, I did track down a interview with, uh, with Chuck Connors, uh, played Scorzini. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where he talks about the show. I haven't watched it yet, but he's on the Arsenio Hall show. Oh. Um, talking about it and, and Arsenio's like, hey man, this the show's kicking goals and Chuck's like, oh, oh yes, it appears to be doing quite well and stuff. And <laughs> quite a kind of a, you know, nod to his uh you know, amazing acting skills, the fact that he's just such a humble guy in yeah. real life. But this character, man, whoo damn. Yeah. So yeah. good. But um I mean so for you uh in terms of bad guys are you a Scorzini or Remy fan like um, Brian Thompson's I character? I really liked Scorzini. I kind of I, I, I liked Re- I, look I liked Remy, but I feel like Scorzini was um I don't know, man. There was just something about him. Like I really feel like he was just a good foil for Eric because he was like he was just always because he wasn't in that many episodes, you know, like no. His presence is felt throughout the entire series, but he doesn't actually appear that much. And I know a lot of that was to do with Chuck Connors wanting to renegotiate his contract and, you know, Fox being like, no, 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 no. We're spending way too much money on this thing as it is. Like, mm. um, and him going, well, then I'm, you know, out of here. Uh, but you really feel Scorzini's presence. And he's just kind of like this ethereal kind of villain that like, you know, every episode like there's all it always feels like this there's this chance that eric is gonna catch up with him but he never quite does um you know the like dangling carrot yeah like until further in the episode he's like yeah you know, this sort of sort of damocles hanging over the entire series um but yeah i i liked remy but i just i i felt like and it, i guess we'll never really know because the series ended but i felt yeah. like you know bringing Remy into it and like having this whole werewolf society opened up the series in a way that I could never quite be sure that I would be cool with because mm. it kind of felt like it, the, the sim- I feel like the simplicity of this series is what makes it so great. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, when you overcomplicate that, 
you run the risk of losing, you know, that thing that made it so great and unique and fun because it was like, you know, it was just like kind of like horror story of the week with a mm. werewolf. Um, and, you know, when you open it up into like, you know, oh, well, you know, here's Remy and he's like, you know, kind of like a prince of like almost a whole society of werewolves that yeah. he talks about that we haven't seen, but, you know, we know that that sort of thing's out there. It, it kind of takes away from the uniqueness of it and, I mean, you know what? They could have done something really cool with it. Um, and it could have been awesome, like everything else about this show. But I guess we'll never know. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely Team Scorzini. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Because I, I feel like, you, you know, I, I don't know, just taking note of everything you said with, you know, Chuck uh, Connors talking about contracts and all that sort of stuff. I, I kind of, I don't know, I theorize that, that the whole development of Remy and the, the, the Wells Society was that, I don't know, would I be wrong or naive in saying that it was maybe a bit of a, um, oh, well, fuck you, Chuck, um, with oh, your contract Oh, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Gonna, because there's a lot of, yeah, man, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, because there is a lot of stuff. Uh, with Scorzini in later episodes that is not even Chuck Connors. Like, it's a yeah. stuntman, like a stand-in. Yeah. Uh, I believe uh, you see Scorzini kneeling before Remy, and it's like Chuck Connors was not even in that episode. Right. Like, it was it was just done as a, a stuntman. Like, they brought in, like, his stuntman, dressed him in the thing. It's like, okay, we yeah. need to get rid of this character. Here's how we're going to do it. Okay. Um, that's a shame which kind of sucks like it's kind of like it's a real bummer it's just like look man this guy was so worth whatever you're paying him so you know like you know give the man a couple more bucks like it would have been great to see more of a flashback to to you know to his origins that would have been really cool yeah right like that would have been so cool Mm. because i mean you know the like you say there's so many um little hints that he delivers throughout the series little moments of just brilliance and yeah. you think to yourself fuck what a what a story this would be you know and we will never get to see that story yeah absolutely man absolutely like there's there's so much um there's so much stuff and i mean you know like even like little because i mean yeah you know, as, as a kid like watching this it's like my mm. imagination like ran wild with it like yeah absolutely i remember going to school i think I, as I, I told you uh like uh, a couple of days ago when we were talking about this was uh, I remember going to school man. the day after the pilot aired and like, you know, cause like we did like creative writing and stuff like yeah. that. I, I would have been in like maybe grade five or six. Um, and I was like furiously trying to transcribe what I remembered of the pilot into like, you know, uh, a 10 year old's like story of like, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, and I was a werewolf and my roommate tried to bite me and, you know, that kind of <laughs> shit. But like, I was just so just enraptured with this show. Like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, so, you know, if I ever get any critiques about my writing being derivative, that's why, you know, uh-huh. it all started back then. Um, blame the wolf. <clears throat> yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. The bloody well. Yeah, um, no, what was I saying? Um, you know, like this stuff with um, where Scorzini has, has bitten Eric's uh, roommate, uh, you know, you like your imagination kind of runs away with you and he's like, mm. well, is this something that this guy did regularly, like changing people? Because, I mean, you know, you kind of figure like this guy's been a werewolf for like 
however many hundred years, like surely he's not that sloppy that he'd just bite some dude and let them get away. There's methods of um, the madness. You know, is he just doing this? Like, does he just do this? Like, does he like just go around and, you know, kind of sow seeds of chaos by like, mm. yeah, I'm just going to create a couple of werewolves this year. Fuck it. Like, yeah, exactly. um, you know, so, and yeah, again, you know, like there's that, that thing that we spoke about where it's like, you know, Eric can, um, you know, sort of direct the morality, uh, his own morality into the wolf and, you know, have it sort of, attacking the right guys and you sort of think well like you know because scorsini was just such an absolute bastard Mm. was that you know reflected in his transformation you know um so yeah you have to wonder about that yeah Uh, absolutely like you know there's like these little cool nuggets and like little threads that they sort of layer throughout the series that you can kind of pick up on upon you know multiple watches or stuff like that and it's, it's very cool i think it's very very well written like it doesn't feel like the usual scattershot approach to some tv uh that you got back then where you know you'd have like oh yeah we will we'll do this thing in episode one but then by like episode 12 oh yeah we're gonna do that guy's origin and we'll completely ignore what happened before like the writing in this show feels very cohesive yeah it does man it's like uh ahead of its time it just it ticks all the boxes i mean it, it didn't really give one give away much in the way of um the gore um did you feel no. like it was missing a bit of gore no 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 it it, it didn't really get um <clears throat> uh particularly gory um i mean you know rewatching it now there is some stuff where you're kind of like you know you'll see like the uh, like Eric, like uh, that episode with Everett McGill that I was talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, you see Eric's hand like punch through, like he's transformed, his hand punches through a door and like kind of grabs this mafia guy around the neck. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of like a bit of a, a bit of a fairly tame sort of struggle. And then like yeah. his hand moves away and the dude's throat's obviously being cut. There's a bit of yeah. you know, blood everywhere, but like, you know, it's not torn out or anything like yeah. that. Which is what you I imagine don't... it would be. Yeah, because I don't recall the 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 kills being very gory, um, but no. it was more the transformations. Like you know, when you mentioned earlier about Scorzini ripping his face off and yeah, know, things like that it was just whoa. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, I will give um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, I will give credit to the show in the sense that it actually did have the werewolf killing people, which I thought was like. Yeah, that part's pretty cool for the time because, like, I mean, you know, uh, you, you probably remember, like, you know, you had stuff like Robocop, the TV series. It's like fucking Robocop doesn't shoot anybody. And it's like, yeah, it's Robocop. What the fuck is this shooting out the legs on a cupboard so it falls on someone? Crap. Like, yeah, you know, you're like watching it and you're just like, even as a kid, you're like, this is fucked up. Like, and that's what I'm watching. Yeah, but, that's what I mean. You know, like I the... will give this show credit for, like, you know, it actually had, like, it didn't shy away from, like, no, 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 these werewolves do kill people. Like, they yeah. die. Like, like, and, that, and that's the thing, the moral compass of the 80s, it, uh, it, it, it sort of, I don't know, werewolf was a bit rebellious in that it was a bit more daring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that a lot of that is to do with, um, you know, Fox at the time were a mm. new network, and I feel like they were kind of, you know, 
trying to push a few boundaries against like, you know, your regular, like America, I think America had like three or four networks at the time. And, you know, gotcha. it was like your NBC and stuff like that. And um, yeah, you know, Fox were a new network and I feel like they were kind of trying to push the envelope a bit in terms of content yeah. and be a little bit counterculture to like, you know, the sort of stock standard uh, American shows of the time. I mean, I could be yeah. completely wrong on that because I was not living in America at the time and I haven't lived in America, so I could be completely off base, but that's just what I've sort of kind yes, of, what you know, kind of put in together. I kind of batman that together, like looking at I stuff like that. that was out at the time and, you know. Yeah. No, that's cool. So um, in in closing, you you mentioned about, you know, you would write a sequel for this. Oh, man, absolutely. I would... Absolutely. I want to hear about it. Yeah, I would absolutely go like. What direction if, would you if go? If you with put it? me in a room with someone at Sony who owns the rights, I would annoy them into giving me the job, much like Rennie Harlan did with New Line on Nightmare like on Street Four. Like I would yeah. like, I would sleep on the street and show up looking like a hobo until they were just like, so sorry for me. They gave me the job. Like, yeah, yeah. like this is like my dream project, but no, I mean, I, I would, uh, if I was doing this, I would totally make it a legacy sequel to the show. Like I wouldn't reboot it. I wouldn't be like, Oh, it's Eric Cord's story all over again. It's like, no, fuck that. Yeah. Get John J York back, have him in the Scorzini role. And that's have- a good idea. Have him like as an older werewolf, maybe not necessarily the bad guy, but have him being like, you know, like he's been out there for all these years since 1987, like doing his thing. Maybe he never like solved his curse and he's just grown to accept it, have a measure of control over it, perhaps. Yeah. But I would have his daughter come in and I would Ooh. be a complete lame ass and name her Erica Cord. Yeah, yeah, no, that's all right. Um, but no, I'm like, well, what if he had a daughter with the girlfriend? Like, yeah, you know, who, who's to know? And, you know, mm. maybe she's because we never really got any sense of like, you know, is there a difference between werewolves who are bitten and werewolves who are born? Um, You know, that could be a thing. Like what if he, you know, went to the bone zone with his girlfriend after he was attacked and, you know, things could happen. Things Um, can happen, dude. You know, it's the eighties. Not everyone was conscious about safe sex back then. Absolutely not. um, you know, Eric seemed like a bit of a stud and the girlfriend was hot. So, hey, yeah. things could have gotten a bit crazy. One thing but, yeah, that's, that's what I would absolutely do. And I would I have like her that. trying to track down him, like trying yeah. to track down her father. Like, you know, maybe her werewolfiness doesn't really kick in until she's a little bit older or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you'd, I guess you'd have to be, you know, a bit conscious of the timeline. It's like, okay, yeah. she was born in 1988. That would make her, you know. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think you could go some really interesting places with that. And I would sort of, you know, I would think you... you could keep the adventure of like the traveling format. Yeah, of the that's league. what I was going to say. That would be cool. I think you would absolutely have to keep that because I think it's so intrinsic to the DNA of the show. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's such like, 
you know, and I mean, I feel like that's something that Supernatural did really well in the first few seasons as well as having the guys traveling around. Um, obviously, slightly different to this, but I really think mm. the traveling from town to town, getting into adventures while she's trying to track down her dad, I would totally go that way with it. Yeah, that, um, that's cool. And and do you think do you think there's like a there would be a necessity to uh enhance on the the whole werewolf society thing that was sort of teased towards the end of the series i i think you would i i think you would have to touch on it like because i don't really like doing legacy sequels or legacy sequels that ignore certain aspects of stuff Mm. um you know which was kind of my my bit of my issue with halloween 2018 um but that's a Tale yeah. the day. No, um, that's, that's fair. That's but fair. No, no. Um, but I mean, I look, man, I did like that movie. I just, there was some stuff about it that just annoyed the piss out of me. Uh, but I think you'd have to touch on the werewolf society. Like, I think, like, I think it's an element you could introduce, but you don't really have to dive deep into. Like, yeah. I, think, I think the problem with some stuff is like you, they do world building, but then they feel like they have to really dive deep into it. Um, do you think that's, I, that's a writer thing or do you think that's a producer thing? Like, like I, the, the studios. I feel like it's a producer thing sometimes. Mm. I really do. Cause I think like you can do world building. Like it's like, man, if you've got Blade Runner, like you don't need a sequel or a spin-off focused on the fucking guy that serves Harrison Ford his noodles. Yeah. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't need a spin-off on the Tyrell Corporation. Like, I feel like some stuff is better, you know, at the edges of the story. Like mm. it's there, you can see it, you can if you need to use it, you can go to it. But like it's better as flavoring sometimes. Yeah. I and agree. I think like, you know, I mean, even with Eric as a character, like Eric, you know, he's not I feel like he's not the kind of character that would like, yeah, I'm going to come to your werewolf tea parties. Like that's totally my thing. Mm. Uh, you know, he feels like very much, he's a, he's a lone wolf. He really like, is. You know, yeah. to, to use a cliche, um, he, he's really a lone wolf. And I feel like, you know, even if he came to be more in control of his transformation and that side of him, I don't feel like he would have ever, joined up to their club like i feel yeah. like he would have I, I feel like he would have like you know he, he would have maybe gotten a shack somewhere in the woods <laughs> yeah. and just been like i'm staying away from everyone yeah i'm gonna let this thing out i'm gonna run and kill rabbits every fucking third tuesday or whatever and that's it like i can't i kind of like that about his character was it it sort of um I recently started watching Greatest American Hero. So kind of yeah. like I'm thinking of that for some reason. I'm thinking like he, okay, he's, you're going to be a werewolf and there's no instruction manual. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas a guy like Scorzini is like, oh, I can turn into a wolf anytime I want. Yeah. Eric, sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly, man. Exactly. It's just like, and, you know, there's that, that whole element of, um, you know, he's he's kind of he's he's a bit of a lestat. Like he's mm. like, yeah, I, I know all the tricks and secrets, but I'm not fucking telling yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. like you know, why should I tell you? It's like, oh, you absolute prick. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I really feel like you know that's that's you know a, a really cool sort of dichotomy between the characters as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it, it was definitely a series for the ages. 
Um, I don't know. I, I guess in many ways, I'm kind of glad that it sort of ended abruptly the way it did rather than um, drag out like some series do. Yeah. Because um, it would it would suck to see like a, a second or third season that just, you know, certain TV shows, um, they have that problem of their third or fourth season is just like an absolute uh, write-off, you know. It's like a... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, it, it could have also run the 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 um, danger of like being your prototypical '80s thing, where it's just like every season, same thing, same yep. shit, different season. It's, it's the A team; they're they're helping people. Oh shit, the military have shown up. Yeah, exactly. Out of town. Yeah, it's like, yeah, guys, you've been doing that for five years. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I mean, that's just the way TV was back then. Like, you know, yeah. pe- people weren't sort of doing overarching stories, which was kind of what was really cool about werewolf was that like you know they managed to sort of marry that adventure of the week format with you know longer form storytelling which was pretty mm. pretty damn cool yeah i really enjoyed it like the whole it was you know the the exactly the tortured soul the the problem solving week to week the 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 friggin merciless bounty hunter and you know and a, a friggin arch rival that um just came, you know, it was like the dangling carrot that just kept yeah. avoiding him right as he was about to catch up to him, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. It was just, and again, all, all, ahead all of, of that time. married with some absolutely fantastic special effects and oh, a great soundtrack. That was so cool, but it's just, I don't know. It was, it was a perfect circle almost, man. It really yeah. was. Yeah. Jake, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you about this phenomenal TV series. Dude, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, absolutely my pleasure to show up and just nerd out about Werewolf oh, for, you know, an hour or so. I feel like we need to do this again with something else. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, I'm down. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Well, um, Jake, thanks for uh, sharing the Werewolf Freaky Flicks with me. And uh, yeah, man. Not we'll do a problem. And if anybody wants to watch Werewolf, I highly recommend tracking down the Elephant Films DVD box set. Um, I found mine on Amazon, so uh, I'd lend it to you, but I'm <laughs> not lending this to anyone. No, nah, so, man, it's sacred. Sorry, guys, buy your own. But, uh, yeah, you should. It's totally worth the buy. Um, and, yeah, I just really feel like more people should watch this show. I agree. And power to YouTube because you can go on there and I – I've managed to find it so far, at least the first six episodes. In nice. Order. Yeah, so I'm pretty happy with that. It, out of 29, pretty good. So, yeah, we're doing all right. Nice. Fingers fingers crossed for the rest of them, man. Hell to the air, brother. All <laughs> right, man, we'll talk soon. Okay, buddy. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Right on. Bye. Ciao.